Hello and welcome to another episode of Riding Unicorns, the podcast that celebrates high growth businesses and the people behind them. Today, we're delighted to have Roisin Levine, head of banks at Flux, which delivers digital receipts, payment linked loyalty and personalized offers into banking apps. Thanks so much for coming on, Roisin. Thank you very much for having me. Great. Well, please, can you just give us a background to yourself and your career? Because I know you've worked at a few high growth businesses, so it'd be great to hear about that. Sure. So I studied history at Bristol University. When I left university, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I ended up taking a job in the city of London in a recruitment firm, which is not a high growth tech company at all. But what was actually happening at that time is that we were working with many high growth tech companies. So I was sort of placing candidates at some of the kind of, I guess, more famous names now, but they were very small, but they were hiring sort of tens and tens of engineers at this point in time. So I started to understand that landscape a little bit. Um, and actually what ended up happening is I actually went and worked for a client and the client was Uswitch, so price comparison site. And they were the market leaders really in energy comparison. And the role I took there was in partnerships. So it was a move away from kind of the more transactional sales position that I was just doing and a little bit more strategic. And so some of these partnerships were, were slightly different to what I'd kind of encountered before. But it was my first kind of foray in working with kind of engineers and product managers and people that really understood kind of tech. And that's kind of what I started kind of loving things. So I um, worked for U-Switch. They scaled very, very rapidly and did incredibly well. They were then bought and acquired by Zoopla Property Group. And so for around a sort of year, year and a half, I was really working for Zoopla under the U-Switch banner. So they kind of brought together sort of home services. So U-Switch was kind of the place where you would go and compare your insurance, your energy and everything else you might need when you move into a home. And the idea being that you kind of fulfill the home buying experience by Zoopla. Zoopla are actually one of the first kind of unicorns in the UK, so really good success story. So suddenly I found myself at a very large company, having kind of wanted to go into a startup. And um, this point that I then went back, I guess, into the startup world. So I worked for a company called Funding Options, which is a fintech startup. as a business finance marketplace. So there's some similarities because it's kind of comparing, but it's comparing business loans rather than energy, for example, consumers. And there I did head of partnerships and kind of, yeah, working with, I guess, all sorts of different places where maybe an SME would go for either educational material or potentially working with a bank where they might have gone for a loan, but they can't actually fulfill that. And so they would come to a place like funding options to then go to maybe an alternative lender like IWAC or a funding circle. And so that was my kind of first, I guess, initiation into fintech. And then after that position, I then took up the role at Flux, which was basically to become head of banks, my position now. And this was a super exciting position for me because it was really the first person to go in and kind of own the banking channel for Flux, which is a really integral part of our business. And so I reported into the CEO, Matty. I met the founders. I loved the idea. I thought it was a really exciting company. Um, they'd just taken Series A at this point. And now I've been here for almost two years. And yeah, we're, basically what we're building is a kind of receipt data network. So we're kind of an infrastructure play and we're very much an API for receipt data. So unlocking this kind of I guess, information that has so far just been kind of on a piece of paper after you kind of make a purchase. We're now taking that into digital format and looking at some of the possibilities that comes with that. Yeah, awesome. And you jumped on board with three really exciting businesses at the right time. Um, what tips would you give to people who are looking to maybe leave a bigger company and go and find the next big thing? I'd love to pretend like looking back at my CV, it was all really well thought through. And, you know, I knew that when I went to recruitment that I'd end up kind of working on site a client and then I'd end up in fintech having worked at a comparison with the consumer. But the reality is it, it wasn't quite that thought through, but I think that you have to take your opportunities is kind of one thing that I do know. And maybe kind of coming from a sales position, you know that more than anyone. 
you know, you get various kind of opportunities in life and you have to kind of grab them. And I think for sure that's kind of important for anyone looking at the startup world and trying to work out kind of, you know, what's good and what's not so good. Um, there are some things to, I guess, look for. One of those is, is always kind of investors. And the second is really the founding team. Beyond that, you know, you have to kind of believe in the product and the mission and you have to kind of believe that people are going to pay eventually for this or whatever that, that solution is. But I think for most people joining any startup, you are taking a bit of a leap and you're basing that very much on kind of what you can see and hear in interview. And then half the time, that's really how does the founder come across? And do you think this is a place that you really believe can in five, 10 years be something huge? And yeah, that's very much what I saw with Flux. And that's why I kind of excited to join. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were the first head of banks. So presumably you're kind of talking to banks all day, every day. What's it like selling to a big organization when you're maybe a smaller organization? Yeah, very, very difficult is probably the best way to describe it, but very fulfilling and fun. So, you know, it's always that kind of David versus Goliath kind of thing when you're a startup trying to sell to a bank. But the reality is something that Flux has is incredibly unique. And it is something that banks and merchants both want, which is ultimately unlocking receipt data is a really key part of understanding customers and being able to provide more personalized services. So you can really personalize someone's banking experience if you understand the item level information of what they're purchasing. So we do have something that's an incredibly kind of amazing product. And so those discussions are actually often really kind of fun and engaging because there's all sorts of possibilities that kind of come out of these, these meetings. The thing to remember is with bank sales, they are very long. So the sales cycle can be a year, and I hate to say it, even two or three years at times with really, really large banks. But the reality is we've made a lot of progress probably quite quickly at Flux compared to many other fintechs. So kind of being live with Monzo and Starling and Barclays, we have some other partnerships we'd like to announce in the next kind of six months. We're looking to probably double our banking coverage this year. That kind of momentum is actually really difficult for a startup. And so although it's definitely a long slog and it's definitely not always easy, and you often require kind of the whole company to come together sometimes to get these things over the line. You know, for us at Flux, what that's kind of been able to do is open up, you know, us to hundreds of thousands of customers, if not millions very soon. And that's the reality of what the kind of bank partnerships really bring, hence why, you know, everyone wants them. Yeah, for sure. So you guys are looking to double your banking coverage. That's really exciting. So you're obviously growing pretty quickly. How big was the team when you joined and how big is it now? And where do you think it will be at the end of the year? I think when I joined, it was 15 odd people, if I remember. So I went to visit Flux when they were in Barclays Rise. And so they were part of the Barclays Accelerator program that's often based out of Rise. And I think they had a couple of offices at that point and they were sort of running out of space. It seems kind of funny now to even think about office space as a kind of marker of growth, because I think we're all now moving to a world in which offices are something slightly different now to us all. But at that point, you know, they were looking for new offices and premises because they were growing. So they probably were getting to kind of 2030 in my sort of first sort of six to 12 months there. I think we're just under 40 heads now. And we've got plans to hire quite a bit more. And so I think what, you know, I'm starting to see at Flux is what you see, you know, once companies take Series A and they get to this level is you start to have kind of structure and you start to have real functions developing where people kind of really own a certain area and that's their skill set. And you kind of you know, you have a product manager that owns this kind of particular piece and niche, and then you kind of have broken downs of teams rather than maybe kind of several people being more generalist, doing a bit of marketing, doing a bit of PR, doing a bit of product and that kind of thing. And so I guess my role kind of coming in as head of banks was probably taking some of that work off really the founders who previously would have been the ones in those meetings. And so you kind of begin to make these hires, I think, just help kind of, you know, have someone taking ownership of an area that, that ultimately needs more time and energy given to it. 
And I think that's very much where we are. We're hiring lots. So if anyone is interested, go visit Puck's career page, please. My question was going to be around the founders. So you get to work very closely with the founders. Do they have a lot of previous experience in the finance world? So interestingly enough, all three founders actually met at Revolut. So yes, it is the answer. And obviously they had an experience working at an incredibly high growth company as well. And you know, Revolut now is a huge name. So they, they were actually very, very early stage employees at Revolut. They were, I think, number one, two and four, if I, if I recall correctly. And so, yes, I think they brought that experience with them in terms of kind of seeing something grow from very small to very large scale very quickly. But I think it was also where the idea may have came about, which is it's awesome. We have this kind of amazing digital payment experience where we have our bank account, you know, on our mobile app and beautiful kind of UI. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we see the piece of paper that has the breakdown of that purchase. And that part is the part that seems a little bit broken. And so... Um, Hence the idea of Flux, digitizing receipts and actually delivering them instantly into a banking app so that that kind of whole process is finally digitized in a way that feels in keeping with this new move to kind of digital that we're seeing. Sometimes Flux is it's kind of compared quite closely to contactless technology, for example. So, you know, Barclays were the first to launch a contactless debit card. It was very kind of slow uptake at first and then you suddenly saw kind of its scale to kind of become something that's uh, ubiquitous and everyone uses it. We very much see digital receipts in the same fashion where it will be something that ultimately everyone will be using one day and you will assume quite rightly that you will receive your receipt in digital format in your bank account and be able to see that with your kind of transaction. And that, that's really the beauty of kind of what the founders kind of first kind of thought about and then has said about doing. It is no small task to create a network from absolute scratch. We've done a fantastic job so far. Yeah. So, they, I mean, they had amazing founder market fit and we're also seeing that kind of recycling of capital talent knowledge from having gone on an experience in a scale-up fintech, which is really great. How important was it to you when joining that they'd gone on that experience and you kind of felt like maybe you're getting into the next fintech? Yeah, massively so. I think you're always, you know, you're always looking at the founder team and thinking, well, one is, this, you know, these people that I could work with, but, but secondly, are these people that obviously can pull something <laughs> like this off? And, you know, the fact is that I believe they were and I believe they still are. So, and they are proving that, which is amazing. But I think also what kind of came across for me and what I remember from some of my interview process was some of the kind of passion around actually what they were doing and building. So, you know, it was very obvious that they really cared and that, you know, they believed the receipt should be digital and they believed it was kind of mad that there was this gap that, you know, wasn't happening. You know, there was a really interesting environmental mission as well there, which was that, you know, paper receipts are a waste. At the end of the day, we have 12 billion paper receipts in the UK. Most of them go in the bin or disregarded entirely and it seems silly um, we live in a world where you know we should have things digitized and so that really came across for me and so you know that kind of passion and the fact that they were so focused on what they needed to achieve is kind of really why they've, they've been so successful yeah and by digitizing receipts you're starting to do more and more in the loyalty space can you just share a bit about how you guys are doing that and how that affects consumers yeah, sure. So what it is really, we're sort of a link between, I guess, the, the kind of card transaction and then what's happening on the retailer side. So we take information when a payment happens from your bank, and we take information when a payment happens from the retailer. So you take the SKU level information, the, the receipts, and we're really kind of matching that to the individual, so the, the card holder. And what that means is we generate a receipt, and that means we have that receipt information that we can then pass back to the bank. But on top of that, there's lots of other things you can do with that information. So for example, Suddenly, if you are someone who is often going to a certain 
coffee place, we can say, okay, well, you actually frequent this place, you know, three or four or five times a week. You're not collecting loyalty points or stamps at the moment. Perhaps you'd like to. And because we understand that that's where you go and that's what you buy and the item level information, we can assign you points or attribute that. We could also link your bank card to an existing loyalty scheme. So, for example, if you are someone who is a KFC sort of kernel card, card holder, we can link you to our kind of bank cards that we work with and we can ensure that you always collect your points when you go and pay. So we're sort of, I guess, in some stage, hopefully we're not kind of interrupting the loyalty experience for a customer, but we're making it more seamless. So you don't have to carry several different cards around. Everything can kind of work from that one bank card you're using and you can collect those points and you can therefore earn rewards for the places you most frequent. And so for merchants, this is really great because they want to treat their most loyal customers and um, they want to understand their customers as well more so. And so we're kind of creating that link for them to do that. Yeah, that's exciting for customers that they won't have to do anything, but they'll be collecting their loyalty points, which is really cool. And so what's next for Flops? Obviously, more banking partnerships, more loyalty programs. Have you guys got big fundraising plans? So what is next? So we have a few things that I think we are probably looking to achieve this year and um, we're on track to achieve. So to give you an idea of the kind of growth that we've seen, you know, I think the year that I joined, we delivered around 30,000 receipts. And I think the kind of week before Christmas, we just surpassed 3.5 million or there or thereabouts. So big growth, but that number will increase exponentially because as we kind of win new customers via our bank partners and win new merchants, we sort of see more of those transactions. So we've seen kind of record customer numbers quite recently too. We want to keep growing that. And I think over the course of the year, we will see ourselves kind of become something that more and more people are familiar with. And I think towards the end of this year, we'll look at maybe a raise. So Series B would be our kind of next obvious kind of milestone. No exact plans on that right now, but likelihood is that that will kind of help us scale in the UK, but then potentially look at kind of international prospects too. And I think that's very much it. So really, it's more of the same. It's, It's kind of growing this network so we cover more merchants ultimately and growing it so we are becoming kind of a thing that all banks have you know you, you can't not have digital receipts it becomes a standard the same way that contactless has become a standard you'd be very confused now if you've got a debit card or a credit card that didn't have contactless technology on it and ultimately that's where we need to get this to so that's the idea really yeah and by working with banks all day you must have a pretty good view of where London and the UK is generally in the global banking space. Would you say that we are the centre of fintech in London? I would, but I'm obviously biased. (laughs) I haven't lived and worked anywhere else. But I I do feel like it is an incredibly exciting space to be in. And I mean, I personally really enjoy working with banks. I find quite interesting because, you know, we work, for example, with some of the newer players and we work with some of the, the incumbent banks. And there's clear differences, but you can see how some of the incumbents as well have kind of started to really heavily invest in some of their digital teams. And actually, there's some really exciting things that they can do because they have just such incredible scale. You know, when you're talking about 20, 30 million customers, there is some really amazing things that you can achieve by making tweaks to that customer experience. So personally, I do think that we are the leaders. But of course, there's a lot to be said for, you know, the rest of Europe and the US is obviously a huge, exciting market too. So, you know, I think Flux would see ourselves hopefully being something that could be a global player where we kind of liberate receipt data on international scale. Yeah, well, it's very exciting. We want more and more UK fintechs to have global ambitions. So that's great. So that's really exciting about Flux. Just on a personal level, if you could have started one other company in the world, which business would that be? 
Well, I mean, looking at the news yesterday, I'd probably be pretty happy with myself if I'd started Tesla up or got into the electric vehicles business in any, in any shape or form. So that's one. That's the pretty obvious one. There's a company that I think Flux we look to quite often, and that's we're kind of an admirers of Plaid. The reason that is is because they're an infrastructure player, ultimately, and they have been hugely successful. So an API company that has globally done incredibly well and, you know, worth over $5 billion, super exciting. So that as well. But I guess I, I would also like to give a bit of a hat tip to a company that I've started using a fair amount quite recently. And I tweeted about them yesterday. It's too good to go. They've just raised, I think, $31 million, which basically allows you to buy local food that's kind of perishable items before they go to waste. So you can buy them at a discount. Um, I think it's a really cool idea because it basically saves on food waste. I think it's a perfect treat if you're in lockdown and you're slightly bored and you think, I can kind of grab and go something local and help the business out. And yeah, I think they will do incredibly well. So, so business like that as well kind of excites me. But I think ultimately these infrastructure players, the likes of Plaid, is, is something, yeah, we'll see for, for many years to come, their dominance continue to reign. Yeah, 100%. And uh, maybe we can convince the Plaid team to send someone onto the podcast to do an episode. And yeah, too good to go. That sounds really interesting. I'll definitely have a look at that. That sounds cool. And then if you were to spend a business lunch with one person and kind of pick their brains for an hour, who would that be? So right now I am midway through the book Virgin Banker by Jane Ann Gardia. And I think that given I have been reading it with so much interest, I would absolutely love an hour to, to kind of chat to her about some of her experience. So super interesting career. Many people are quite familiar with it, but you know, worked for Norwich Union, worked for RBS, and then became CEO of Virgin Money for many years. And she's now founder and chair of a tech called Snoop. And yeah, the book is really brilliant. I mean, it talks through some of the really interesting parts of working through the financial crisis. Um, talks about Northern Rock. You know, at this point in time, I was sort of just entering university, so I wasn't really paying a huge amount of attention. So it's quite interesting kind of reading it now with different eyes, kind of working kind of closely with banks. And ultimately, I think that, yes, yeah, she's a super impressive woman. And I love the fact that she kind of does talk quite openly about some of the challenges that she faced during the kind of career that she had, some of those being kind of discrimination. And also she's now kind of an important advocate for gender diversity. So yeah, not only great career achievements, but it seems like an incredibly fascinating person. So I uh, would love an opportunity to chat to her. Maybe I will one day. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to Riding Unicorns. There's some great stuff in there about you know, picking companies that have got great backers and founders with founder market fit. And obviously, we're all championing the UK as the center of fintech. So that's really great. And yeah, I really appreciate you telling us a bit more about Flux and the plans going forwards. Awesome. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks.